Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, 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 welcome. Wow, what a song. What a way to start off the day. You will make a way. God is better than gold. Well, we don't need these anymore anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Rise Up, episode number 164. On this August 14th, year of our Lord, 2023. Two more days until my 44th birthday. Praise God. He's given me 44 years of breath, 44 years of life, eyesight, hearing, taste, feeling, and touching and loving him. And, and really, ladies and gentlemen, I think, you know, now looking back on it, knowing Jesus was my cellmate, knowing Jesus was with me through everything. I look back on it now, boy, Jesus was blessing me even when I didn't even think he was real. Imagine that. Jesus was saying, I know you don't believe in me, I know you don't think I'm real. I know you're hard-headed. I know you're a control freak with anger issues. And I know you think that you're the cause of your entire existence and all glory goes to you. And even with all of those sins, even with all of those blasphemous thoughts, even with all of those condescending, selfish thoughts in your head and, 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 and actions that you took, I'm still going to bless you. I'm still going to bless you. I mean, come on. Talk about not deserving something that you've been given. L. Brower says, I watched Nefarious yesterday. Sean Patrick Flannery is an amazing actor. Yes, he is. Joe Demers says, August birthdays are the best, aren't they? Well, I'm a Leo, so <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, I guess I'm a lion. I was just using my, my, lion, uh, my lion personality for the wrong things for too long. Um, W. Wilson, my little fur baby's birthday is the 16th too. Well, how about that? How about that? 44 years of handsomeness. I look great for my age. Well, I got to give that to Fleur. I got to give that to Field of Greens for that one. Otherwise, it'd be the size of a ship right now. I'd be the Titanic. Uh, it is my physical birthday. My physical birthday is in August of 1979. My spiritual birthday is October of 2016. 
the latter being the most important. Uh, So anyway, folks, I titled today's show, God is Better Than Gold. Now, if I were to say to you, hold out your hands. Here's the last Bible on earth you could take in your right hand. Here's $1 billion worth of gold in your left hand. Now, you can't take that money and go print more Bibles, so don't, don't try to find a loophole. It's either or. God or gold, which one are you choosing? It's like the Matrix uh, red or blue pill, right? God in one hand, gold in the other. Which one are you choosing? I mean, I know which one I'm choosing. I'm choosing the one minus the L. I don't like to take L's, Eli. I don't like to take L's. That means I don't like to take losses. So why would I take the L in the word gold when I can remove the L, not take the loss, and have the word God? Isn't that amazing? Gold or God? Well, I don't want to take the L, so I'm going to choose God. Just made that up. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm also working on a new song. A new movie. <laughs> Someday. I'm sp- Eli, I'm still supposed to be working on the Guardians of the, of the Gospel. Cartoon, comic book. It will happen. Just know that my ideas come years before they come to fruition. And Jesus was my cellmate as basically an autobiography. And hopefully, hopefully will be a movie. Hopefully will be the movie. I'll add the L and make it godly. Well, then you'd have to add a Y too. Then you'd have to add a Y too. So you'd have to add the L and the Y. But you, I see what you're saying. You'd take the gold and make it godly and give to the poor. Well, then you're really choosing God as well. Choose both. How about that? <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is my cellmate. Yeah, working on a new song. Um, you know, I don't ever, I can't sit down and write a song. Okay. I cannot sit down and write a song. You cannot say, Jeremy, write me a song about X, Y, and Z. And then I go sit down and write it. I, I, I don't have that kind of skill set. Um, my music comes when I'm inspired to write it and then I don't write it. I have not written down a lyric to a song other than people asking me, can you write me the lyrics to your song? Uh, I have not written a lyric to a song in probably 15 years. Everything that I create as far as music goes is all in my head and memorized. I never write anything down. And I really started doing that because, get this, I used to write all my music and I had like a book of all my writings. I was going to keep them all for, I don't know, in case I got rich and I could, you know, auction them off or something. I don't know why I saved them, but I had saved this book of lyrics and somebody stole them. Somebody stole them and they started writing songs. I mean, creating songs with my words. So I said, I'm never writing down another lyric again. They're going to have to cut my head up, hook me up to a machine uh, to get the lyrics out of my head. So I've never written, I haven't written a word in 15 years. Um, So I'm, creating, I should say, a new song called Jesus Was My Cellmate. And uh, I can't wait for it to come out. Might even have Dave Bray in it again. Who knows? Um, Armor of God. No, I didn't write it down. No, I didn't write anything down. I don't write the words down on paper. I just don't do that. Um, it's hard for me to do that, actually. I can't, uh, I can't focus. I can only, like, if a song hits me and it's time to write a song, God says, time to write a song. It's kind of like being inspired to write the Bible, I would assume. Uh, Not kind of the same way, but I'm spreading the message of God, and and God says, here, write a song, boom. And it's like I already know, like, most of the song in my head. So if I sit and try to write, I get confused. It doesn't come out right to me. So um, I created the armor of God. I was still in, I was still with Real America's Voice News. I was actually on the road to Michigan. Remember when I came to Michigan? I was on the road to Michigan when I finished creating the armor of God. And I got Dave Bray in the truck with me and I, and I, and I did my part for him. And he's like, that's 
we got to write the song together. So that's how that all worked out. So anyway, just a, just a quick memory real quick. But let's get back to the, to the, to the show. God is better than gold. So we're going to go to prayer, and, uh, and then we're going to dive into it. And by the way, I did not have time on Friday to show you guys Ray Comfort's new video because we had Sean Patrick Flannery on from Nefarious and Born a Champion, Boondock Saints. Uh, I think he was in Powder, right, Eli? Anyway, he's been in a lot of movies, and he was on Friday, uh, so go back and watch that show. But in Jesus' name, uh, let's, go to, um, let's go to the Lord in prayer now. Let's go to the foot of the throne, and uh, let's give God all of our thankfulness and glory in Jesus' name. Father God in heaven, In Jesus' name, Lord, we come to you today on this beautiful Monday morning, all back together, congregating again in the name of the Lord, to give the Lord grace, or to give the Lord thanks for his grace, to give you, Lord, um, appreciation for giving us blessings when you do not need to, giving us blessings when we do everything but deserve it, you still give it to us. That is how we know you're real. Because you are there for us when nobody else is. You are there to pick us up when everybody else is kicking and spitting on us. You are there to hug us and embrace us when everybody else is pushing us away and shooing us out of their lives. You are there. Better than gold. Better than silver. You are the most important things in our lives more than our own families. You, Father God, the creator and sustainer of all things. Better than gold. Lord, I don't know what is in store for us tomorrow. I don't know if tomorrow Jesus is coming back or if it's the next day or the next day, but I do know this. I don't need to know the when. All I need to know is that he is. And if I know that, which I do through your grace and mercy and blessings and teachings, then I can live every day in joy. I can live every day at peace. I can live every day with happiness. And I can live every day for somebody else because of what you did. God is better than gold. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I was having a discussion with my wife this weekend as we were gone for my birthday. And since we live close to the ocean, we just went to the ocean for a couple days. And I said to my wife, I said, do you think, you know, you know what I think is weird? She said, what's that? I said, well, think about thousands of years ago with pharaohs, rulers, and kings. They had all the power in the world, and they had all the control over everything in their land, including the people and what they owned. She said, yes. I said, but the funny thing is that I think is just so strange is that the leaders that ruled the world of those days wanted everybody to know who they were. Statues built. Faces on money. Currency. Temples built in their likeness. Cities built in their name. Everybody wanted them, their likeness to be known by everyone. Fast forward to today's rulers of the world and they hide. They don't want anybody to know who they are. They have no statues built in their image. And I'm talking about the Bilderbergs, the Rockefellers, the, the, the Soroses, the, you know what I mean? Behind the scenes. The big bank, the people that run the world. Nobody knows who they are. We know their family names, but we don't know them like we would have thousands of years ago when they stood out there in pride. Now they do it in secret. Why do you think that is? After all, they have all the power, right? So if they have all the power, and they have all the money, and they have all the everything, why don't they want the world to know who they are today? Well, I'll tell you why. They're afraid. They're afraid. 
They're afraid of the world knowing who they are. They would rather have simpletons like the Bidens and the Obamas and, and people like that do their dirty work for them and give you the illusion that those are the people in charge. They're not in charge. So the only reason I'm bringing this up, this has really nothing to do with today's message, but the reason why I'm bringing this up today is because if they're afraid and they're in hiding and they don't want anybody to know who they are, then in the absence of their debauchery, in the absence of their, of their, of their pride, and, the, and in the absence of them wanting to be the face of everything. Now's the time. Now's the time to preach the word of God louder than ever before. Now's the time to put the image of God everywhere. Now's the time to be loud for Jesus. Now's the time to build temples and altars and, 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 and places of worship to, in God's image. And and to go to these places and worship him and to say, he is the true ruler. He is the true king of this world. Now's the time. There's an absence in imagery of leaders and rulers and people who run the world because they're afraid. So if they're afraid, then let's give them something to be really afraid of. They're not afraid. The, the, the fear that they have from, of us is absolutely nothing compared to the fear they have when all of us are publicly professing as loud as we can that they are nothing and Jesus is the king of this world. Satan might be the prince of this world, but Jesus is the king. Let's give them something to really be afraid of. Let's give them something to really be scared of. All of us coming to ne- together in the name of Jesus, in the name of God, Yahweh, publicly. Let me, let, me, let me provoke your thoughts a little bit more. Ready for this? Jesus died publicly for you. Jesus was whipped, beaten, ripped open, bloodied, spit on, mocked, kicked, punched in public for you. And do you want to know something? He never screamed. Did you know that, Eli? Did you? He never screamed out in agony while he was being ripped apart publicly for you. He never screamed, ow! He held it all in for you. He took it without screaming and complaining publicly for you. Now, did he cry? I'm sure. Did he weep? I'm sure. Did he wince? Did he, oh, did he groan? I'm sure. But he never cried out. The only time he cried out is when he said this, Abba, Abba, my God, my Father, why have you forsaken me? It's the only time he cried out. So if he can do all that publicly for us, then why can't we do things publicly for him? He died in public for us. Why can't we brag in public for him? Why can't we brag about Jesus? Why can't we openly tell people how much he he is needed in this world when we see them crumbling under the devil because we're afraid of what they might say to us? God is better than gold. I want to read for you a verse of the day today. Verses of the day today, I should say, in their entirety, because 
Very, very strong, strong words from the Bible today. God is better than gold. Let's get into it. I said, good morning. It's hard to ignore all earthly material things and successes. It's hard. It's really all we know. Or is it? We have heavenly knowledge that supersedes our earthly knowledge. But so many forget that. We need to understand that nothing in capital letters here on earth is more important than the grace that God gives us. Not our families, not our money, not our jobs, not our house, not our pets, not our cars, not even our own health is more important than the grace and mercy that God gives and shows us. The life that he gives us, the salvation that he offers us for free. Nothing. Get it out of your head if anything you think is. Job. We talked about Job last week, huh? If anybody understood that God is better than gold, it was Job. Job 22, 21 all the way through 30. Now acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. Which verse is Kittenhead? Job 22, 21 through 30. And if you followed my newsletter, you would have gotten that this morning. Shout, Shout out to all those people who follow the newsletter. Now acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. Thereby, good will come to you. Not stuff, not money, not gold, good. Receive, please, instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. That means take the word of God, put it in your heart, and do it. If you return to the Almighty, you will be built up. You will remove iniquity far from your tents. Then you will lay your gold in the dust. Woo! What? Say it again. Then you will lay your gold in the dust. Jeremy, I have a question about praying. When we pray about particular situation do we keep praying every day or just that one time you keep praying as much as god weighs it on your heart keep praying it's okay it's okay to keep praying for the same thing over and over again just know god's already answered your prayers you just got to wait for them and be open enough to see them just know that but you can pray as much as you want about anything as much as you want Bruce says, I didn't read the email about Job, but I feel the Lord. That's the important thing. And yes, if you are not feeling that your prayers have been answered, fast. Fast. There's so much power in fasting, folks. Giving up something, sacrificing something, so God can open your eyes to see something that he's already answered. Then you will lay your gold in the dust and the gold of Ophir among the stones of the brooks. Yes, the almighty will be your new gold and your precious silver. For then you will have the delight in the almighty and lift up your face to God. You will make your prayer to him. He will hear you and you will pay your vows you will also declare a thing and it will be established for you you will declare a thing and it will be established for you kittenhead i love you and i love that you understand my personality that's even better so light will shine on your ways 
when you cast, when they cast you down and you say, exaltation will come, then he will save the humble person. He will even deliver one who is not innocent. Yes, he will be delivered by the purity of your hands. If you feel like you've lost everything, if you feel like God is not with you, but you have not forsaken him, read Job, fast and pray. Job will put everything into perspective for you. I can tell you that. Job will put everything into perspective for you. John and Sandy said there's actually a story in the Bible about continuing to pray about something. Luke 18, 1 through 8. Well, let's go through it right now. Luke 18, 1 through 8. It says this, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, quote, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in the city and she came to him saying, quote, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for the while, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard men, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily, nevertheless the Son of Man comes and he will readily find faith on earth. Is that, what you, is that what you wanted me to read? Let's go to one minute prayer for dads. Page 116. A good attitude. See, when I am in the spirit, how do you know? That's a good question. I, I, I had to ask you this question. You guys keep saying this to me. You guys keep saying this to me lately, I should say. Jeremy, you have a glow about you. You are, the Holy Spirit is upon you. How do you know? It's a good question for all of you. Because this is something that you can recognize in life. How do we know that other people around us are being bathed in the light of God and have the Holy Spirit upon them. It's by your words and your actions. Now, I could say to you, God be with you guys. God bless. Okay. Jeremy said, God be with us. God bless. But if I say to you, may God be with you. May God bless your life. God is better than gold. Receive joy in your heart because God offers it today. Which one seems like I'm in the spirit? It's the words, but it's not only the words, it's how you say them. See, When you quit smoking cigarettes and you really quit, not like Kevin does and bums 17 cigarettes off somebody a day and says, I quit smoking. No, you quit buying cigarettes, Kevin. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not giving Kevin a hard time. He is really trying. I'm just talking about when you really quit, you can smell somebody smoking a cigarette a mile away. Am I wrong? You quit. Put you put that cigarette down. Boom. I am done. For years, you can smell cigarettes miles away, right? When you become a Christian and you truly have the Holy Spirit upon you, you can detect the Holy Spirit in others a mile away. 
I just know that person has got the Holy Spirit on them. I see it. I feel it. It's like a spidey sense, right? I, 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 I have the presence of the Holy Spirit. I know it's around. It's like when the woman touched Jesus' garments. Logan, yes, I smoked for many years. I don't know when. Uh, Sabrina, I, I was already quit smoking when you and I got together, right? I quit smoking, I believe, in February of 2008. I believe it was. But my, my spidey sense goes off when there's another person around me. That has the spirit. I just know it. And when the spirit's on you, you just know it. You just know it. Grammy said, last week I saw a new Jeremy. Different with a radiant glow. Smile that radiated. I knew immediately it was the Holy Spirit because I felt in every word the action that you said. I'll tell you why, folks. It's not because I got more of Jesus than Jesus gave me the day before. It's because I'm figuring out how to reject Satan every day more and more. Now, my biggest problem is my anger. I am so quick to anger. And like a drunk person, I don't even know what I did or said. And I ruined so much. When you allow anger to take over, when you get drunk, what you're doing is you're inviting Satan in to take over. You're inviting demons in, folks. It's that simple. Why do you think they call it And I got a video to show you on this. Why do you think they call booze spirits? Now, I like bourbon. I like a good tasting bourbon. But I don't get drunk anymore. Because I know that if I get drunk, those spirits have been invited in. And all of a sudden, I can do things that I don't even remember doing. It's It's a form of possession, if you ask me. Same thing with getting drunk with anger. I get to a point where I don't even know. Somebody will say, do you know you didn't say that? And I'll be like, shut up. I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. I want to read the rest of this for you right now. Philippians 2, 14 and 15. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights of the world. Grumbling and disputing seem to be in the genes of our children. They're no different than we were at that age. A creative dad will try to turn occasions of grumblings into opportunities of praise towards God. See, directing your grumbling, directing your anger. We and our kids can be lights in a dark world if we will remain blameless and innocent and not become grumblers. Lord, I hate it when the kids question me and grumble about the petty things that bother them. Yet I know that that way too sometimes. I know I'm that way too sometimes. Help me have a long-term vision of my life and not just a focus on daily minutia that blocks my path. Oh, yes, the page number is 116. I apologize. God, we too live in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. And you're calling my family and all Christians to shine in the darkness. That light, though, can only come as we reflect your light. So may we daily rise up, look to you and shine bright as the lighthouses that we are in these troubled seas. You're a lighthouse, folks. You are a lighthouse. I love treating myself to a pina colada on special occasions. Yeah, folks, I'm not against having a drink. 
Like I said, I love some really good Woodford Reserve double oaked bourbon. I'm not going to lie. The taste of that sweet bourbon is so good. But I cannot tell. It's been a long time since I've been drunk. And remember this, too much of anything is bad. Too much of a good thing is bad. But too much God is not bad. God is the only thing that too mu- there can never be too much of. Everything in the, uh, else in this planet, you can get too much of. Amen. That's true. We have 1,570 people watching live here on Rise Up. The show is getting more and more popular because it's a Godcast, not a podcast. Please rumble this video. Give us a like. The more likes we get, the further we go up on the rumble leaderboard. But in order to do that, you need to be signed in in your profile. And then you can also talk live in the chat. So I've got some videos to show you. Let me put my headphones on here. Okay, here we go. My headphones on so I can hear this too. First thing I want to do is I got some videos archived that I want to share for you. Okay, now the first one, is this the one? Hold on. This is a, okay, this is going to blow your mind, just like everything does here on this show, really. Wait until you see this. What you're about to see is a painting of the devil playing chess And the painting is titled, basically, that the devil has you in checkmate. Watch this. Roll it. A painting in a very famous art gallery in France. It's a painting of the devil beating the man in chess, and they're playing for his soul. And he says, checkmate, I've got your soul. And the man is just, you know, that you ever do that? Well, one day, they were giving a tour through this art gallery, and this world-famous chess player was in, the, was in the tour. And he's looking at it, and he stopped for a while, and he's looking at it, and the, and the tour kept going. And the tour guy came back and said, wait, wait, what are you doing? He goes, you know, I'm a world-famous chess player. He said, you're either going to have to change the painting or change the name of it. Because this man still has one more move. Oh, let's go. The king still has one more move. Let's go. He's not been beat by the devil. He still has one more move. He can actually move. The the king still has one more move. And then the devil will be in checkmate. Change the picture or change the name. You need to know that God is still at one more move in your life. God is still on the throne, even when you're, oh my gosh, have you ever been there? Oh my Lord, life is bearing down, it's pulling down, I can't stand anymore, oh God. And having done all, he says, stand there for before God and let him rebuild your life. God still has one more move. The enemy cannot win on God's timetable. That had me bawling this morning. That had me bawling this morning. The chess player is staring at it, and he says, and he leaves, and he comes back, and he says, you got to change the name of this painting, and you got to change the painting, because this is not right. That king has one more move. That king, our king, has one more move, and he's got the devil in checkmate. Wow. Absolutely brought tears of joy to my eyes this morning. God's got one more move. (laughs) Did that bring a tear to your eye? This is the best show in the world because God works in wonderful and mysterious ways. One more move. Got another video to show you. The answers that these kids give when asked what Jesus is to them. Jesus is blank. Let's listen. All right, finish the sentence. Jesus is love. Great. The light of the world. God. The way, the life, the truth. Faithful. Wonderful. Healer. Almighty. 
the best. Awesome. Messiah. King. Is. Bond. Love. Divine. Great. My Lord. Forgiveness. My rock. Boss. Life. Our Lord and Savior. Holy. My everything. Good. Faithful. Fire. Lord. Forgiveness. Jesus is. Kind. Patient. Loving. And our hearts. Awesome. My Lord and Savior. Shepherd. Gracious. Coming back. Oh! Oh! Whoa! Whoa, that last answer was so based. That last answer was so based. Kind, loving. All these kids, all these youngsters, knowing who Jesus is, explaining to them, to the, to the interviewer, exactly what Jesus means to them, these children, in one word, and they were all right. But that last girl, she hit the nail on the head. Jesus is, and she said, coming back. Oh, yo, she gets the win. They were all right. They were all right. But she gets the win. Amen? Amen. I mean, that girl, I mean, I was not... I was thinking of all those other words. I was thinking of salvation, love, redeemer, you know, my life, uh, kind, gracious, uh, merciful, uh, you know, but that, but I did not expect to hear that girl at the end coming back. Oh, that was the most based answer I've ever heard in my life. 1,600 people watching here. We have uh, hundreds watching over there on Getter and on the app. The mobile app, Roku and Firestick. God is on the move, on the move. Hallelujah. Yes, he is. That girl right there. She gets the Smarty Award for the week. <laughs> she gets the Smarty Award of the week. Coming back. Now, I saw this video yesterday too. This is just, I love Christian comedy memes. And I laughed. And then I showed my daughter, and I laughed, and I showed my wife, and I laughed. But then I kind of felt like not laughing. So let me play the video for you first. It's just a, I love, I love following these Christian comedy pages because they're, I just think they're super funny, and usually they're 100% right. So this guy's posting a point of view of when he gets to heaven, right? And he sees Moses, and he's, he sees David, and he's doing the slingshot. He sees Moses. He's doing the staff. Watch his face when he sees Eve. <laughs> it's funny, and then we'll talk about it. Roll it. Sees King David, with, does the slingshot. Sees Moses, parts the Red Sea. Sees Eve. <laughs> sees Jesus. Play it again. Sees King David, does the slingshot. Sees Moses, parts the Red Sea. Sees Eve. <laughs> all right, all right. Now that was funny, all right? Admit it, that was funny. Sees David, does the slingshot. Sees Moses, parts the sea. Sees Eve and goes. Sees Jesus and gets all hype. Funny, then I was talking to my daughter while she was eating breakfast this morning about this video. It's not so funny. It's not so funny because we as Christians tend to make a lot of fun, especially of men Christians, we make a lot of fun of Eve. And I think that transcends down to us associating with the problems that men have against women with Eve, like, if it wasn't for your kind, we'd live forever. You know what I mean? And hear me out. I know it's just a joke. But if we're going to make fun of and criticize Eve for being deceived and then blaming somebody else for what she did, we got to criticize Adam. We got to criticize Adam. Because Adam was also deceived and then blamed it on somebody else too. He did the same thing. He did the same thing. Satan knew he could get to Eve easier and he knew he could get to Adam easier. He got to Eve. He did nothing different to Adam as he did to Eve. He tempted him. He just knew he couldn't tempt him without getting woman to do it first. No difference. 
Adam was told by God, and he disobeyed God. He allowed himself to be tempted, and he blamed somebody else. Eve did the same thing, allowed herself to be tempted and blamed the snake. Adam allowed himself to be tempted and deceived and blamed Eve. There's no difference. Have you ever asked yourself, what would have happened if Adam took responsibility and said, I know it's my job to be a provider and a protector, and I did not do those things. So I got a big wake-up call this morning. And this is why I love talking with my children about things because you can learn a lot from children. And my daughter wasn't getting the same kind of laugh as I was getting out of that meme. And I don't think my wife was either, but I didn't realize it until this morning. Adam was not deceived. He knew Eve messed up and then Adam blamed God for sending Eve to him. Well, okay, that's a good point. That you got, you, that's a good point, actually. He wasn't deceived. He just did it. He didn't care. So I don't, I, my mind, see, this is, the, this is this journey with Jesus that we're on. All right, folks, now I've got, uh, I've got I, I don't have a lot of time and I won't be able to finish this video, but Living Waters, Ray Comfort video from last week that we did not get to see. I'm going to play it now. It's 10 minutes long, so we'll have at least seven minutes to roll it. Play it. Can you figure why they're still out there? It's because they're saying everything except what they should say. They're saying, get out, come in, hurry, hurry. There's one word that gets people out of water instantly. It's the word shark. And that's what they should be yelling because that's what puts terror into the heart of every swimmer. Why do so few preachers talk about hell? They know it's real, but they either completely avoid it or use other less alarming words like Christless eternity or eternal separation from God, but never the word hell. I never use the words Christless eternity or eternal separation from God because those words don't alarm anybody. They didn't want God in this life. They certainly won't want him in the next. It sounds more like heaven than hell to a rebellious sinner. I think they don't use the word hell because it seems unreasonable. How could a loving God create such a place? But there is a way to make the reality of hell reasonable. Simply do what Jesus did and open up the Ten Commandments to show God's holy standard. That's what the Apostle Paul did with Felix. And the Bible says, when Paul reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled. Why? Because suddenly hell became reasonable. We may not want to use the word hell, but sinners will never get out of the water until we convince them of their terrible danger. So on Judgment Day, will you be innocent or guilty? Uh, guilty. Heaven or hell? You don't want to say hell, but from what I'm being told, yeah, then hell. Oh, it sounds awful. It sounds like I'm going to hell. So when are you going to repent, put your faith in Jesus and be born again? Right now, this very moment. Life a mystery? Yes, it is. So you don't know why you're alive? Does anyone? Do you believe in evolution? I believe in evolution. So you don't know where you came from? Uh, you don't know what was in the beginning? Yeah. And you don't know what you're doing here? What's going to happen to you after you die? That I, I cannot answer. So you don't know where you came from, what you're doing here, or where you're going? You're lost, Alberto. Yeah, it's uh, very scary in a sense. Have you ever read the Bible? Um, not too much. I mean, I grew up Catholic. So how are you going to do on Judgment Day? Are you a good person? Yeah, oh, yeah. I think I'm a great person. See, it doesn't matter what you get, what you achieve in this life, there's something waiting for all of us. It's death. And that makes life vain. Have you heard of King Solomon? Not too familiar with him. The richest man to ever live. He had a thousand concubines. That's a thousand wives. Mm -hmm. He had gold coming out of his ears. He was just so wealthy. And he said, vanity, vanity. All is vanity. He said, life is like chasing the wind all because of one thing, death. So if you can try and put your finger on it, what is it that kind of takes your breath away? Could it be the haunting fear of death? It's kind of like we're slowly pacing towards it, like our whole lives. It's just right there lingering around the corner. The scriptures call death wages. Did you know that? No idea. Yeah, the wages of sin is death. It's a famous Bible verse, and it's saying God is paying you in death for your sins. In other words, sin is so serious to God, he's given you the death sentence. So here's the question. 
It's very sobering. Do you think God is justified in giving you the death sentence? Or are you a good person? We all strive to be better, right? Well, let me give us some specifics. Jesus said, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has committed adultery already with her in his heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? When I was young, that's probably all I did before I got married. I don't know how to really lust. Like, you know, I enjoy... You don't know how to really lust? Can you um, be brutally honest with me? Sure. When did you last look at pornography? It's been a long time. Okay, well that's lust. How many lies have you told in your life? Quite a few? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Have you ever stolen something, even if it's small, in your whole life? Probably. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, I don't put too much yeah. emphasis on that. That's what it means to take it in vain, not give it due honor. It runs off your mouth of having no worth. It's using it as a cuss word. You've mm -hmm. told me you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterate heart. You have to face God on Judgment Day. If He judges you by the Ten Commandments, mm. you're going to be innocent or guilty. Oh, it sounds awful. It sounds like I'm going to hell. Yes, exactly what the Bible says. That's mm -hmm. the warning. All liars love their part in the lake of fire. God is far more holy than we imagined. Sin is so serious to a holy God, He's given you the death sentence. You're on death row. Your death will be evidence to you that God is deadly serious about sin. And like me, you've earned your wages. You've sinned against God. So on Judgment Day, will you be innocent or guilty? I'm guilty. Heaven or hell? See, it's kind of like, you, really, you don't want to say hell, but from what I'm being told, yeah, then hell. The Bible says all liars love their part in the lake of fire. No thief, no blasphemer, no adulterer, no fornicator will inherit God's kingdom. So you're in big trouble. So what should you do? Do you know? I'll probably accept Jesus into my heart. No, that's commonly what it's called. But the Bible says something different. That's very common to say accepting Jesus into your heart. Let me share the gospel with you and get your thoughts. Are you going to say the whole died for our sins thing? Yeah, yeah, that's what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. We broke God's law, the Ten Commandments. Jesus came and paid the fine. That's why he said it is finished just before he died. If you're in court and you've got speeding fines and somebody else pays them, a judge will let you go and it's legal. He says you've broken the law but someone's paid you fine, you're out of here. Well, God can take the death sentence off us. He can legally let us live forever because Jesus paid the fine and fall on the cross. And then he rose from the dead and defeated death. And according to the Bible, all you have to do to find everlasting life is not ask Jesus into your heart. It's repent and trust in him. Do you know what repentance is? Yeah. It's when you acknowledge your sins, but you turn from them perpetually. You don't say, oh, I'm a Christian, but you lie and steal and fornicate and blaspheme. That's playing the hypocrite and deceiving yourself. And then you put your trust in Jesus. Your faith and your repentance can't save you, but God's amazing grace can. That's what saves us. Mm, it's very, yeah. very simple. Yeah. And let me tell you one Bible verse that may make you think. The Bible says the preaching of the cross is to those who perish foolishness. That's the wisdom of God. He's chosen something that seems foolish to a proud person. But if you've got a humble heart and you're honest about your sins, you'll say, wow, did God do that for me? He said. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I have to go. Uh, there's three minutes left of that video. If you'd like to go watch the rest of that, it is on the Living Waters YouTube channel. And I hope that Ray Comfort and the Living Waters team starts a Rumble channel soon. All right, we've got Sean Farish and Ungoverned. Coming up next, they're probably already started their countdown, so we got to go because we don't want to cut into their time. Followed by Live from America with yours truly. Please come back and watch that. Continue to like this video on your way out. Share it on your way out. After my show, Unafraid with Mike Crispy and Frankie. Loud majority at 1 o'clock. Matter of fact at 2 o'clock. Wrong think at 3 o'clock. Uh, Pete Santilli and the Santilli Report at 4. Live from America at 5. Culture Wars at 6. Based America at 7. Brave TV at 8, Trumpet at 9, and Man in America at 10. All day, baby. God bless each and every one of you. I love you. May God continue to guide you. And I will see you on Sean's show and then my show next. God bless you guys. Have a great day.